Welcome into the Original Gangsters podcast. I'm your host, Scott Bernstein. Uh, today, another long form edition, and we're going to dive into the Philadelphia Mob 2024. We're going to do a roster rundown to kind of give some insights and analysis where everybody stands in the Bruno Scarfo crime family. And as always, here at the OG Pod, we go right to the source and we're going to bring in a good friend of the shows going right out to Pennsylvania into his neck of the woods, rising star in the true crime journalism field from the sit down, formerly of Barstool Sports, Jeff Nadu. Jeff, nice to join you or thank you for joining us. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on and I'm excited to chop it up with you. Yeah, it's always good, Scott. Thank you for having me. I always appreciate kind of chopping it up with you, whether it's on my show or your show. And, uh, you know, I think people have kind of been clamoring for a Philly episode. You know, we do a lot with New York City, and I know you do a lot with Detroit and some other places. So Philly's always popping, especially with uh, an individual that has been known to run around in Philadelphia recently. So good to be on with you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there's been a lot going on, you know, kind of if we, if we want to talk about on the field, off the field, if we want to make a sports analogy, um, there's been a lot of off the field activity with uh, the skinny one, uh, Joseph Skinny Joey Merlino, the reputed longtime mafia don of the uh, Bruno Scarfo crime family. And then that 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 just saying that opens up a whole different layers of conversations. What does that mean? Is that true? Is it just a title? And we'll get into that in a second. Jeff and I sometimes uh, differ on our exact uh, feelings on that, but I think some of that's semantical, but nonetheless, that's the be- that, that's what I love doing here is, you know, getting into the weeds. Uh, but, you know, Joey Merlino, let's just start off with, uh, everybody knows Joey Merlino started a podcast about six months ago. And I just want to just dive into the, deep into the ocean here before we start uh, going down, uh, uh, you know, the scorecard, but just address some news that's happened in the last week or two. Uh, so it started off on YouTube. Um, and now it's pivoted to Patreon. Uh, I haven't signed up yet. I'm sure I eventually will. Uh, I, I see what he's coming out with right off the bat. Uh, is stuff that you want to hear about him talking about Salvi Testa or talking about little Nikki. Um, but I'm not sure the sustainability uh, with him going on Patreon. So I kind of wonder where this is going to be in six months. Jeff, any thoughts on the the skinny, the Joey Merlino podcast that's gotten so much <laughs> publicity and, and, you know, buzzy talk over the last six months. Yeah, I will say for first time podcasters, I think they've definitely learned the art of controversy, right? You know, bringing up people that are going to respond, they're going to go tit for tat for. And most of the people in this genre are going to side with Merlino just because he didn't cooperate. We know that certain people don't like a Sammy Gravano or a Gene Brella, but Joey's done a nice job of doing that. He's also made the show, I think, very watchable, right? Not everybody wants to sit there and just listen to sports and food talk, but they've been able to kind of insert certain things. have done a pretty good job with it. I've heard through sources they're doing pretty well on Patreon. Um, it remains to be seen how that will be in six months when there's no football or or basketball, but um, I often wonder, and we've talked about this, you know, where do you go when the stories run out? Because there's only so much that Jerry Molina's talking about. But I guess, Scott, I wonder, I've noticed recently, Joey, has been a little bit more willing to tell a story. Yeah. Right? And it's getting my, more, com- more comfortable. My concern is, and we've seen this in the rap community, right, with guys that are willing to talk a little too much whether it's an Arab or Casanova or even like Keefe D, right? Does that get to a point with Joey where maybe he says just a little too much at some point? I wonder about that. But, uh, you know, they've made a little bit of, a, of, of, an, of an avenue for themselves. And, um, you know, I think it's clear, at least to me, he is not doing anything in the street. But, um, you know, they've done an okay job with it, I think. I think I'm I'm super impressed by Joe Perry, little little Joe Snuff. Yeah. Um, for someone that doesn't really have a, any experience uh, in media, uh, you know, hosting a a show uh, on any platform that gets the kind of eyes that this gets, I, I think he's 
comes off very natural. You want to, just like you want to engage with Joey, you want to engage with little Joe Snuff. So I think the dynamic there is great. I, I, again, I'm just talking more of a logistic, I'm talking from more of a logistic point of view. Yeah. Um, when you're going to paid content, there's more of a onus, at least in my opinion, to produce more content, uh, more consistent content, more uh, quantity. I mean, in addition to quality, you, you're looking for quantity. So I just I wonder, like you said, how how long they can go with it and how much. And I'm, you know, I'm again, I know I took some heat for this the last time we talked about this. Whatever it is, whatever. Do what I, been, I don't yeah. really care. Sure. Uh, honestly, uh, I'll give I'm gonna give my opinion and, and I'm, it's going to be unvarnished. Um, but I don't want him to fail. Hey, man, I, go, go grab a get a piece of this pie that everybody's uh, chowing down on. And, and hey, Scott, and, Scott, yeah, let, you know this and I know this. And regardless of whether you like me or you like Scott, I've done this nearly a decade. You've done it way longer. I've created multiple avenues for myself and multiple different levels of content. Anybody that would be in this genre from our standpoint, we all want people to be successful because again, that's how the YouTube algorithm works. You know, more people in it, the better. Um, but I'll tell you what I, I have noticed with them recently that I think it's a good idea. And I think as you get closer and closer to spring, I think it's in their best interest to do more of the, day in the life of Joey, right? Yeah. Going to golf courses with yes. him, going to the cigar lounge, going yes. to restaurants. Exactly. People want to be embedded with that. And I yep. think kind of creating that community that they are creating is fascinating, right? To the point of, you know, they're getting people. Look, it's not easy to get people to pay for something at any level, especially this world. Mm -hmm. um, so I give them all the respect for doing that. And, you know, you mentioned Joe Snuff. Snuff is, I think, a perfect partner for Joey um, due to the fact that Snuff is South Philadelphia, right? If right. You go down to, he embodies it. Yeah. You go down to any corner in South Philly, there's a bunch of kids like Snuff. And Joe knows a lot of people. Um, you know, his family, very tied in people in that area. They've lived there for 100 years, right? So I think it's a good dynamic. I think to get people to pay for something is hard. And I think if they can continue to maintain that. I think it'll allow them to continue to open up and do different things, maybe going to different events and hosting meetups with people. And it is a different world we're living in, right? I mean, yeah. the thought of having a, a mob guy, you know, on YouTube is crazy. Yeah, but it's like whether or not he's a boss now or not, the fact is he was a boss and was a boss of a very important, influential, well, powerful. And mind. Scott, you you know this too. The age-old question with Joey Molino is how does he make a living? Right. And and that's I think anybody that watches these shows, Scott, he's got you know tens of thousands of dollars of watches on his on wrist. His wrist. Got, yeah. Right. Louis Vuitton Louis Vuitton shirts aren't cheap, right? You know, going and doing the things they're doing. They're going to games and Rolls Royces. You know, I think at some point this has always been the question about Joey. Is what is he doing exactly to furnish that living? And we know the feds, there's no love lost with him. He knows that and they know that. So and this that'll be an interesting thing. Sorry, Jeff, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Okay. Uh, and believe me, this little endeavor, it could be a big endeavor, uh, into the, the public consumption sphere, in terms of the, F, the FBI and IRS, that just ups the ante. It, it, and it's sticking, you know, in their mind, it's sticking a middle finger up to them. Um, and what, again, whether or not he's boss or not, the, the the feds are taking this as a challenge and you know again he's just got to accept that i think he does that he'll never not be a target no matter what time day year how old he is you know it kind of reminds me of a, a story here in detroit uh about billy jackaloni who's a lot of people believe was you know on the hit team or led the hit team that killed jimmy hoffa they were bugging his retirement home room when he was in a nursing home in the last months of his life, they were dressing. The FBI was dressing up as orderlies and going in there and bugging, you know, his 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 clock radio, thinking they were going to get him talking about Hoff. I mean, that's how obsessed these people are. You know, Scott, The Wire is to one of the greatest shows of all time, and in The Wire, Prop Joe makes a point to Stringer Bell that you know what kills more police than bullets and liquor, boredom. They just yeah. can't live with that shit. Yeah. And 
I think the thought is, you know, there's always some young agent out there trying to make because because look, we all know in the FBI, the more high profile rest you make, yeah. the higher profile you, you get. Yep. Right. And and there's a lot of I, I want to say there's I looked this up recently. I, I want to say there's like 80 different um local FBI agencies around the country, maybe even more than that. And, and there's Philadelphia, Harrisburg, New York. There's plenty of agents out there looking to make a case. We know the obsession with the mafia is we know you're going to get in the paper for it. And Joey is the highest kind of yeah. guy at that point. On the wall, like, with what's left of the FBI's resources uh, going towards organized crime, uh, Joey's <clears throat> picture is on that that proverbial wall at the top of that pyramid, along with all the top bosses in New York City. He's ahead uh, of those people. Yeah, then. right. Uh, yes, ahead of those people in terms of the desire and the thirst for a bust coming from um, the federal government. And what have we seen with them, too? They'll even just create a law and say, you were gambling on sports. We're right. going to put you away for that. Even right. though millions of people do that every night, they're willing to just find- it was a way. It was a way to get him behind bars for a year yeah. and, and oh, yeah. you know mess with his head and mess with his family exactly. and uh, continue what he, he claims is a uh, – you know, a long campaign. Uh, so let's kind of now go into the, you know, we were off the field. Let's go, let's go in, in the field now. Uh, so I'm, we can get into a semantic issue, a, a semantic kind of breakdown. I agree with what Jeff says about him not being involved in anything on the street in Philadelphia. I agree with that. You know, 99% I'm in lockstep with that. I don't think he has any say on a day-to-day basis on what's going on in South Philly or Jersey. Um, I do believe that he sees tribute from that stuff still. To what degree, I'm not going to, you know, uh, I don't want to speculate, but I do believe and I do have sourcing that there is money still going. Now, does he want to know where that money comes from? No. Does he ask where that money comes from? No. Uh, so I guess it comes down to an, uh, you know, again, like kind of a uh, P's and Q's, so uh, tomato, tomato, at least that's the way I view it. Cause wh- whatever the title is uh, him and his crew of guys, uh, that Merlino camp, that South Philly street corner stronghold, uh, they, they shed blood for this. They they took over this crime family in their early 30s. They did something that nobody ever accomplished in the you know after prohibition. Nobody ever accomplished what they what they accomplished in the 20th century. Uh, and now they're in their 60s or getting into their 60s. And there might be insulation points and buffers, but I, I don't see them just handing over the reins to to other people. So that's just. I think the age old thing with Joey is, as far as I know, it's not illegal to receive money from your friends, Scott. You know, as far as if you send me a thousand dollars a month, it's not illegal. Well, it's I, not it's not illegal to accept money, but it, it's you have to account for that money. Right. And we are. So you got to say where you're right. I'm on. I'm not his accountant as far as I, I'm not on. Look, if he's not accounting for that, that's something he'll have to obviously deal with. But, yeah. you know, I think. My my whole thing, and I think this is where you and I differ, I look at the Philadelphia crime family or what's left of it as, to me, these are all people that know each other, right? Every person that's a high-ranking person in that family knows each other from when they're kids. Yeah, they're, friend, they're, they're friends and relatives, not just alleged right. business associates. Most of them are related in some way. Yeah. South Philadelphia is very small, too. I yeah. mean, if you look at the Italian neighborhood, it's a very small area. And- they are all indebted to each other, right? I look at it more to me as like a VFW kind of thing, right? Where you go to a location, you maybe live through yesteryear, maybe you have some little things going on. But Scott, do I believe they're out there ordering things? No, I don't. I think maybe they have some things they're doing, maybe bookmaking, loan sharking. But as I've told you, and you know this, if you are a mobster in 2024, your goal is. Make a little money on the street, 
through little things that are not going to jam you up real deep and stay away from drugs, assaults, murders, arsons. And I think that's one thing a guy like Dom Grandy will very much learn from after his first incarceration. They hit him hard because he had connection to the drug trade, right? right. The videos, people like that. If he didn't have that stuff, it wouldn't have been that bad. It'd have been a small pinch. Yeah, but Jeff, doesn't that there's a rub there because Dom was a a person or is a person that we're talking about Dom Grande, uh, who's pretty high up and, and is a, a younger guy that is looked at by a lot of people as a future boss. Uh, at the very least, he is Scott, Scott, government a couple. So if he's dealing in drugs and he gets busted, how can we say the organization isn't dabbling in drugs? But, but my question is. You say the boss. The boss of what? There's about, and let's just be honest, bro. There are 10 guys out there right now, soldiers. Yeah, again, I'll push back against that. I think Philadelphia numbers-wise, and I know we can start uh, breaking down who's active, who's in that, who's inactive, who's in what camp, because there's like three different camps when you when you put together the Scarfo regime and the Merlino regime. But you have a, a, a roster of probably about 50 guys that have their buttons that are whether or not they're active or not, they're free on the street. I, I think the age-old thing, Scott, is, look, these old guys, you know, like Legambi. It, it, it's common knowledge. Joe Legambi went to prison. We know what he's about. We know the kind of people he was around. He'll always be regarded as a mobster, right? But the doctor down the street that's a doctor and retires, he'll always be a doctor. It's not to me he's still practicing medicine. I look at it and say, are there guys out there doing things? Probably. But we know a lot of these guys, Scott, have moved into legitimate business. Dominic Grandi, a lot of people don't know, uh, is involved with restoration. He's a real estate agent. You know, let me just segue real quick. Georgie Borghese, who I I name as the acting boss, as the guy that runs Philly on a day to day, along with Mikey Lance, uh, Mike Lancelotti. Uh, George Borghese, from, from my research and from talking to people, Take away any rack, take away all the rackets and throw them away for a second. Legitimately, he is a multimillionaire by legitimate means from his legitimate business interests yeah. and his, his his investments. He's been very smart. He's very savvy. Um, so I don't disagree that these guys have turned a corner or some of them um, in since that uh, in the in the years since they were young, you know, young Turks or or, or these uh, aspiring legendary wise guys now they are the legendary wise guys but they went from just being street corner hustlers to guys that are legitimate you know got into white collar business got in on on, on some ground floor stuff and have have made legitimate money that you can put on a tax return that i don't think they could have really not a lot of them could say that back in the in the 90s when they were going back and forth with stamp. I mean, I'm not to say they didn't file a tax return, but um, so, yeah. And a lot of these guys look at it, whether you and I disagree in South Philadelphia, everybody bets, everybody needs loans. They don't look at what they're doing as criminal. Okay. That's just the truth. It might be illegal in Michigan or out here where I live or, or wherever, but the truth is they don't look at it as that. It's not and even people, illegal anymore. It's, I mean, right. it's, it's like, and the it's illegal, illegal to bet on the street. It's not illegal to bet anymore. And the people in those neighborhoods are generally in unison with a either being close to those people or they don't care. They have no issue with it. It's just part of doing business there. And a lot of people have no issue. It's one of the reasons that they can do a fundraiser and create all sorts of capital. People like them. People understand them. Most of the people in South Philadelphia at one point They've lived there for years. The family have lived there for years. It's still majority Italian, okay? And look, I know there at times are the extortions or the drugs or whatever, but I think the modus operandi going forward is we need to stay out of that stuff. Even though there's good money in it, we've got to stay out of that stuff because that's how you're going to get the 75, 80, 100-month sentences. Dom Grandi's a young guy. He's got a kid. He's got a wife. You know, these are the times where, you don't want to spend your, your life in jail and no one wants to, but I think the but thought that, is that's, that's conventional wisdom. And I'm not saying that there aren't people that think like that, but let's just, again, let's, I'm trying to weave <laughs> thread needles here. Uh, bring in another guy that I'm, that I name uh, in, in the current hierarchy in the administration right now, Joe mouse uh, or mousy people get annoyed when I call him Joe mouse mousy. Uh, 
this guy is this guy is LCN to to his, to his to set at a cellular level. He doesn't want to retire. Why would he want to retire? I mean, in his mind. Well, he wouldn't. I mean, a lot of these guys are are old school. But I think if you look at a lot of the guys from his time, right, in the 80s, 70s, guys like Pungitor, Narducci. I mean, they're 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 legitimate millionaires now. Again, take out whether or not they're in the rackets. We can debate that. We know that the three people we just named, Phil, uh, Phil Narducci, the Pungitors, Georgie Borghese, they can all file a, a, a clean tax return showing a lot of money at the end of the year. Well, and I think the difference with Mousy is he doesn't necessarily have that that we know of. He spent a lot of time in prison. and But I think this is who he is as a, as a guy. He's a a lot of people regard him as a very – look, you, you look at, for instance, Chicky. People Chang love him. People, people are afraid of him, but people love him. Right. And he's the same thought of like Chicky Chang, who did what, 40 years in federal prison, comes home and, you know, he's taken care of. Right. There's a lot of avenues. I'm sure one of these guys will will get him in and put him into work. Look, I'm not debating these guys aren't gangsters. They always have and always will be. But I think the thought is. There's too much scrutiny under what we're doing. Right. It's a different world. We just try to make money where we can. And most of these people are in legitimate business. Well, look at and- George. Look at Georgie. To your point, he's a he's been ghost like. He's he's keeping a real low key uh, last handful of years. Lancelotti the same way. A lot yeah, of them. And, and Mike Lancelotti about you got two guys. Uh, Georgie might be known to talk and like to analyze and and talk things to death. And you know he's known as a guy that. Uh, is a, a little bit um, anxious, I guess. I can relate. I'm an anxious guy too, uh, but he, he's not. He's not putting his head out uh, the way that, you know. Frankly, again, whether or not he's active or not, the way that Joe Merlino is. Uh, Let me and the you. and the way that you know Dom Dom Grandi and the guys that took that bust in in 20 or 21 that just you know got locked up last year. These dudes in the street, right, or are alleged to be in the street. What do you think they think of Joey on the internet? Do you think it's all okay, so Joey yeah. and Joey or? No, okay, so we can, you know, wrap this back around for a second. Um, okay, so first off, Joey's going to do what Joey's going to do. And he gives zero fucks. I mean, that's a fact. He doesn't care. Now, another fact is that, yeah, people are upset. People are upset in New York. People are upset in New Jersey. People are upset in South Philly. Um, and, and he'd be stupid not to acknowledge that, but I think he, again, I think he does acknowledge it and just says, well, tell them to go fuck themselves. I'm going to do what I want to do, how I want to do it, which is the beauty of Joey. That's why, again, that's why part, I love writing about Joey. I made Joey a part of my brand. You know, Joey can go on camera and and say about either Schratweiser or George or me or whoever that, you know, how much we you're right (laughs) yes i love writing about you i love telling your story uh i've i've been able to build a lot of my brand on on telling your story so yeah that's what makes him so great uh so yeah i think there are people upset and i think there are people that have sent word i think there are people that talk to each other i've heard that the biggest bosses in new york the, the top guys um are upset by this uh, one of them uh, being Barney, who in a, a lot of ways kind of made Joey as a Don. There were some issues in the late 90s about whether or not he was going to be recognized. And Barney sent word that I'm recognizing him. Therefore, everyone else will recognize him. So I don't know what the I don't know what if if any repercussions there will be within that. But God, if you're. If you're like a Nicodemo, right? Nicodemo is doing 50 years. Yeah. He was convicted of murder, right? State case. He's in Phoenix, which is like 20 minutes from Philadelphia, outside yeah. of Philadelphia. He's got a wife. He's got kids who are not grown or, or older. What does he think of something like that? Yeah, I'm doing 50 years here. Is it just, well, that's the cost of doing business or? Well, I mean, someone like Nicodemo, who we know is close to Joey, uh, came up as Joey's driver and bodyguard. I, I don't know if it really blows back on him. Uh, like, it's not like he's on trial or 
facing it. So he probably just maybe has an opinion. I don't know if it's like he's not taking it. Per- like some guys are taking this personally. Like, hey, we're in the fucking foxhole. We're 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 taking fire. And, and if again, if you believe that he's he still has a, a piece of the game, we're taking a fire for you and still feeding you, and you're off trying to play Joe Rogan. <laughs> um, and again, just that's not in Joey's thought process. Well, I think a lot of these people too, like you have to wonder, like let's say 10, 12 years ago when, when the Legambi case came down, right? Stato's disappeared. He's like, right. I was going to bring him up like, in a little bit. I'm going to kind of throw some names and we're going to kind of. Yeah. Like there, there's that. a bunch of guys that, yeah. that looks like went quiet. You know, and I think that's how they want it, you know, and I think a lot of these people are into legit business. I think some of them will learn and say, you know what, I don't want to spend any more time in prison. Right. There are two brothers of which, you know, are in prison currently in that case. You know, they're old or not old, but they're getting older. They have kids. They have families. You know, I think a lot of these guys just want to try to find some piece of their pie and just do what they do. And. This, the scrutiny going forward is coming from the involvement with the drug trade and stuff like that. If that was not in this case, I mean, yeah, Dom, Dom would have Dom would have done two years instead yeah. of he's going to have to do seven. And the only reason they're doing two years, even this for this, is they're mobsters. Scott, if you were arrested for bookmaking right now, you're not even going to jail, right? Like, no. like you're just not. And I think that's kind of the thought of, and this is where I think some of the the women in these families, the families of these people, say to themselves, like. Wait, why? Why is it always us? You know, like we're trying to move on with our lives. You know, can some of these people move on? You know, is it always just there's a vendetta against us? And look, I'm not saying they're not committing crimes, but in these neighborhoods, the bookmaking, the loan sharing, it's just a normal thing, and it's actually welcomed by a lot of the people in the neighborhood because they are doing it too. So it's, you know, that that's the general thought I have. I think going forward, you'll see drugs are off limits. We're staying out of that shit. If someone's doing it, we're not doing stuff with them. We're staying out of the extortion stuff. And maybe you'll see some bookmaking, but who cares? See, I, I think I'll, I'll take, you know, I think there's some nuance to it. I do think there has definitely been a shift in approach uh, since that Merlino group uh, walked out of prison. Most of them walked out uh, in the early 2010s or late 2000s uh, after their big uh, Rico case in, in 2000. And I agree there has been um, a a paradigm shift. I don't think the paradigm shift is as far as removed from traditional rackets as I think that you're espousing. But I think there has been some major changes and it playing to what you're you're saying, which is a I think there's a almost a requirement that. And again, with Joey, sometimes it's do what I say, not as I do, uh, or just rules so don't apply to him. I think there's a requirement that they want guys to have legitimate employment and legitimate their money and legitimate things, um, so they're not as much of a target. And most importantly, and this is something that it has, uh, I think, been adopted across the country, there are no more murders. I mean, the last murder, Nick, we mentioned Nicodemo, that was in 2012. It's been now been 12 years. Uh, there, I'm, I'm sure there are things that we don't even know about that have occurred in the last 12 years that in previous times in the Philadelphia underworld would have resulted in hits that just don't happen anymore. I think because- also the, the one of the detriments this group has is the small nature of the neighborhood they're in, right? And B, the fact that they're all friends is detrimental to them in some way because they're constantly under scrutiny. They can't kind of space out and do what they do. All of them do a lot of the time have some sort of involvement in a mummer's brigade and, and they're all seen together. So people just assume things. So it doesn't help them. It does help them in one way, the fact that they're all very close and or family. But I think it's also a detriment to them at some point just because New York's huge, right? I mean, you can move around in New York and you can have legit businesses and it's hard to kind of put it all together. In Philadelphia, it's such a small area. They all are friends. Their wives are all friends. You see them photographed together. Um, 
that's a detriment to them. And and look, they're they're all no stranger to taking photos. They they take yeah. a bunch yeah, of they're, the, they're the Instagram mob. That's what I I coined the term. And he's the Instagram Don Joey. Uh, but again, that's just it's the 21st century, and uh, things either uh, uh, you either evolve or you die. And the, you know the the underworld and the mafia organized crime is is uh, is no different. So I think that. I agree that there is that kind of uh, organic cohesion or that organic, like these guys have hung out since they were kids. So they're still hanging out now. And I I think that's true. But another thing that I've heard about uh, George and Mikey, and this is something I think uh, uncle Joe was also, and Johnny Chang were also kind of in uh, putting their heads together as, as ways to uh, best insulate that. I think that he, he he's wanted to at least George has wanted to Georgie has wanted to at least keep Cruz from nexus points, uh, stop Cruz from cross pollinating. I guess uh, so. If one crew gets hit, it's not going to affect other crews. Um, I, you saw that a little bit, I think, in, in this last bust. That that was those were mostly Stevie guys. Stevie, we also saw Stevie that his own guys. With Legambi a lot, right? How many yeah. times do we see him uh, ordering people to his home, right? Grandy showing up, Bamfinger Lou showing up. Yeah. All these different guys are showing up. And it's, like, again, it's a small area, man. South Philly, as far as that neighborhood goes, it's like a 10 block radius, right? From Snyder Avenue South, from A Street to 20th Street. Like yep. it's a small area. So you can only go to so many places. But I agree. I think that's. If you're going to do something, that's the way to do it. I do not agree with you that there are th- all these different – the Pungitor group, they're out of – I don't think they're involved at all. Narducci, why? You, you have a very re- – your restaurant – Yeah, but, but Jeff, again, we have facts that fly in the face of that. He had that same successful restaurant when he got caught, you know, loaning out money and, and extorting some dude and throwing his head against the wall. But, you know, listen, Scott, I, I hear you. I think I think the truth is – 2015, 2016, that's seven years ago already, right? Yeah, I think but it's not point, 27 years ago, though. Sure, sure. Yeah, I, I hear you. Look, I think a lot of these guys, they're still moving around, they're doing some book, things like that. But do I think this is a cohesive unit where they're making decisions on behalf of all these different things? I don't know. I, I wonder. So, yeah, let's just go over uh, some, like I said, I, I want to kind of do a scorecard here. Or, you know, breakdown of the roster. So I got Georgie as the acting boss, Mikey as the street boss. I know a lot of people uh, question all the titles, but I think if you question the titles, you don't understand. Again, my again, not just reporting, but my reporting on on Joey Merlino, who uh, I've been, people who are very close to him have been quoted to me as saying, I'm not going to name who they were. These people were, but that, you know, Joey loves giving out titles. Like he, like, it's like a thing that he feels endears him to people and is like a reward to people for, uh, you know, being loyal to him or, or doing we also work. heard him identify a certain person as the right. boss of Philadelphia. Mikey, yeah. Time. Right. Mikey, uh, well, he said, do you think he said uh, Mikey runs Philly? Uh, Something right. along those lines. And again, I think he does. I think Georgie is buffered from the day-to-day street stuff. I think Mikey runs the day-to-day street stuff, but I still think Georgie is final word in uh that organization in, in Philadelphia. Uh I'm told that now that Stevie the brothers that, that Jeff mentioned were the Mazone brothers, uh Stevie and Sonny. Sonny's actually gonna be walking out in the next couple months um into a halfway house. He did about a year and a half uh on the on the case that came down in 21 or 20 um stevie's got about five years left he reported this time last year i think uh some pictures have circulated uh, from him inside you know he's handsome stevie good looking guy he's aged well uh i i heard from someone that talked about how he doesn't love the fact that he can't get his hair dye and the you know is Showing a little more gray than he guys, wants. Let's get him some hair dye. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, hey man, I just want this, I want anything up here. But uh I found it interesting that um one of the photos that came out, uh, he was with a I'm told a pagan. So 
it, it's it'll be something to keep an eye out for. Stevie uh, Mondrovagin, the gorilla, uh, has been kind of put the, the famous pagans boss in Philly, who was on the outs with uh, the organization, brought back into the fold over the last couple of years. Um, it's something to keep an eye out how that plays. Uh, we know that the, the gorilla was tight with the Merlino guys back in the nineties. Uh, and then we saw this, this picture with, with Stevie and a, and a guy that I'm told is a pagan. So just something of note um, in uh, who's replaced Stevie. Again, I've been told that it's going to be mousy. who's going to take back his underboss position. Uh, he's, I'm not sure if he's out of the halfway house. He's been in a halfway house for about a year working a job, uh, like in a, like a grocery store or some type of clothing store or something in South Philly where I hear he holds court in the back. Um, Go ahead, Jeff. I'll tell you this. Listen, he's a guy who's been around forever. Here's the, here's my thing, Scott. And this, I think is the problem that a lot of folks have in that neighborhood, as far as the scrutiny that these people are under all the people we are talking about. Are they extremely dangerous people? No. Well, they, not again. I think we can pick and choose. But, but that's I mean, the French, issue. The city is a complete mess. It's a hellscape full of people that are very dangerous people. And I think yeah. that's the thought from a lot of the people who live in these neighborhoods is why the continued scrutiny on people that were around. I want to tell you right now, Sonny Mazzone is not a dangerous. Oh, no, he's not. But Joe, right? but Joe Mouse, you know, the, the federal government would tell you that he's a, a violent offender who's uh, you yeah. know participated in multiple murders. So, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> but you're right. There are people with with the, that we're talking about in this world that I would not consider violent people. Anthony Stanton wasn't a violent guy. No. Uh, no. People that are just you know earners. You know, uh, guys like you know Stevie's guy on the one of Stevie's guys over the years on the outside, Louis Sheep, a uh, big uh, bookmaker. You know, he, he I don't, ain't a guy that you would be afraid of. Not the guys no. behind those guys. I think also, too, some of the comments you hear, like in the indictments of let's go take back this or let's do that. Like that's where and and let's be real to your point and to kind of play devil's advocate to what they're up to. These are the same people that have been caught on wiretap making people into the organization like this is. And listen, prison is different than the streets. When I see pictures from prison, I I kind of just chalk it up and say, well, it is prison. Right. And all these people that are at Loretto or wherever they are, they're all from Philadelphia, right? They all probably ran in some circle at one point. That said, some of the the evidence in this trial or in this case with the wiretaps, the making people, that does show that there is some sort of organization. And how violent it is, I don't think it is, but they they are. No, they're not. No, they're not killing people. I don't even think they're really uh, ordering beatings or or uh right. any type of violence there if someone gets into debt or somebody gets into trouble it's you just cut the guy off um so it's it's smart business uh there's no question and i think it's it's deliberate it's not something that just stopped happening or they just you know, they they made a decision there were certain i think um pivot points that that georgie and his uncle and uh mikey and stevie have come to the conclusion that they needed to make uh they obviously did not take into account that a guy that uh they were bringing in there had had flipped and was wearing a wire um there needs to be a lot more scrutiny to the people they're bringing around right? right because this is one thing that we've seen throughout the years with this group where it's always the people on the outside the yeah. Bettinger Lou's, the yeah. Pergianos, the yeah. Ron Previtys, the the guys, Ruby, are, Rubios, and right. A lot of these people that have screwed this family over the years are not from South Philadelphia, yeah. right? Or they're they're very questionable people. They're not from the area. They're somebody from somebody else. Like they've got to be more, I think, careful with who they're around. And this is the problem with the mob, where we've seen it in New York, we've seen it in other places where. I remember like a Vinny Asaro, prime example, Bonanno, former Bonanno heavyweight. He started by the end of his life being so desperate to make money that he's yeah. starting to do things with these street punks on the street, you know, starting to really just kind of 
you know, scraping the bottom of the barrel for a guy that at one point was uh, pretty lofty in in that. Yeah. Like, but, but the the lure of money is important. You know, this guy's making 15 K a month. I need him around. And we don't really look into his background. You know, in the sixties, seventies, any person that was around the mafia, they were checked out. We look those people with the people in the sixties and seventies would never reach a point where they were putting money into the people's pockets that we're talking about. There'd be four or five other people in between them. Sure. Sure. And that's the thing. There's such an interest in the almighty dollar at the end of the day where you're starting to, like I've said many times, shoot dope with a dirty needle where you don't really care. You just want it now and you worry about the consequences later. So I think there's a real importance of, and I'm not trying to educate these people on how to do business, but they need to tighten up some of the people they're interacting with. Yeah. Because I think that's the issue and why their unit is strong, right? It's the individuals you're bringing around. They're not part of that unit that are the issue. Yeah. And I think uh, I don't know if I'm, I'm not speaking out of school here. I know that with the, the whole J.R. Rubio thing, right. um, which ended up not being that big of a deal for Joey, could have been a lot bigger cop to that gambling case. I had to go back for kind of less than a year. But I know there was a conversation or there were conversations uh, with Stevie uh, specifically saying, we told you uh, that you have to be careful with who you're bringing around you, uh, you know, basically admonishing him for being so loosey goosey with bringing people, uh, you know, letting people, he was bringing J.R. Rubio back to Philadelphia. And I know that uh, Georgie and, and Stevie were, were leery of him. Um, and, and it proved to be true. So, and I mean, I've heard Jr. say on multiple occasions that Joey should thank him. No, yeah, he should. No, no, he should. Because we know that, uh, you know, which is another issue with with the government. Uh, Some of these guys they send at Joey end up being seduced by Joey. Right. Um, It's very intoxicating being around someone like that. Uh, That's why he is who he is. That's why, again, whether he's a mob boss or just a former mob boss, you know, anywhere he goes causes a scene. Um, I think that I think that the trade off, though. And these people will tell you if you ever actually talk to them. I think the trade-off is is they all live pretty good lives for the most part. All these people live in nice homes. Some of them have shore homes. They, they all have decent lives. And I think for them, maybe we just look at the fact of they just look at it as I'm willing to do a couple of years to maintain the business that I have. And when I go to jail, just part of the game, you know? And I guess for me, I never really understood the business of crime just because there are so many legitimate ways to make money. I mean, my father was a prime example of that, you know, and I think looking at these people now, I kind of say to myself, well, you don't really need to live that way yeah. to earn money. Right. It's one but fallacies, I think, uh, in this kind of the romanticization of the mafia and gangsters. And I, when I do talks and I, I, I try to explain to people that, it's a business that's incredibly top heavy. The guys that are the big shots. Yeah. They make a lot of money, but when you go beyond that, you're, it's like you're working a nine to five with the kind of money that you're making, you're exposing yourself to, you know, a lifetime worth of, worth of prison for at the end of the day, like you're working at Starbucks. But I think a lot of these guys have clearly look at it and say, well, and as far as, I mean, the people that you named, pretty much all of them live pretty good. They live yeah. in nice neighborhoods. They, you know, their families are taken care of. And I think to them, they look at it as at least hopefully my family's okay. I don't want to be away from them, but this is what I have to do to survive. And they're kind of, I mean, Scott, let's be honest. If let's say they retired, would the federal government actually say, okay, that's cool. We'll leave no, no. If Joey, like, no, I, I can fully acknowledge that if Joey Merlino it was the opposite of what I'm reporting. If he wasn't taking any tribute and had no say, which I'm saying he doesn't, has no, and he just was legitimately retired and only doing podcast stuff, it wouldn't matter at all. And I think that's the issue that I think a lot of people have with the government and its obsession with people like this, where they can't, like, if you or I go to federal prison, we're going to get out and, and we can pretty much live our life right yeah. next. So we made a mistake. We paid for it. I think that's the thought where if there is a point where I'm, I feel bad for some of these people, it's 
that they can't move on. Like Joe Pungitor is a great flipper of homes as far as I know, yeah. but he'll always be regarded as a gangster, right? Because of things he did when he was yeah. younger or who his father was or whatever. And I think that's where I think some people find it a little bit crazy, especially given the tenor of the city itself. It is extremely crime ridden. Yeah. And you know that in Detroit, right? Yeah. Same yeah. way. So I think that's the thought, but these guys are willing to trade it off because they live pretty well and it's just a cost doing business. I think there is also kind of a a point to be made that the issues in Philadelphia and the bitterness and tension and animosity that exists between the federal government and the Bruno Scarfo organization, whatever form it's in today, it's an, at least in my, in my reporting and in my research, it's a, it's an outlier of a situation. Uh, I'm not saying that there aren't other potential examples throughout history where things got very personal between the feds and the mobsters that they, they uh, chased, but it's not like the at least right now in my in modern day LCN, it's not like it's not at the level of personal animus that it is in Philly, nowhere near in any other investigations in any other organization. It's like there is this cowboys and Indians, cops and robbers dynamic that goes beyond you're just doing your job and I'm just doing my job. Uh and that's unfortunate, but I just think that's where it that's where it sits now. And to what we're saying here, it doesn't matter if they're gangsters now or gangsters then. The government's got a giant heart on for them and, and uh, they want to bring cases. Now, I'll also say this and I want to throw it back to you for your uh, analysis of this. I, I'm, I have pretty good sourcing with prosecutors and um, investigators. And I'm told that there's been a well, first of all, we know there's it's been reported that there's been tension within the bureau uh, between the New York office and the Philadelphia office related to that uh, issue with Merlino. In that case, uh, the New York office, it it came out, was was taking things off the hard drive or off the not the hard drive, off the uh, information system that the federal government shares. They were encrypting the stuff that was result related to the Merlino investigation in New York. So the Philadelphia people, when they would go on the database, they couldn't see that anything was, was uh, being done with a target of theirs. So there was art. And I think I've also been told that there's uh, some contention or, or it's a contentious uh, back and forth between Washington, where, where that who makes all the final decisions and Philadelphia in that Washington has said, we are no longer bringing racketeering cases against Joey Merlino. You're either bringing murder cases or you're not bringing anything. I think if you're a mobster today, I'm sorry, um, in Philadelphia, I think the guys that are in jail now, it's probably the last time they'll be there unless someone comes forward and offers up some stuff. Look, their goal is anyone that's in federal law enforcement, the goal is to find a doer for Casa Santo. Yeah. Um, there's, there's about six, I think there's about six unsolved cold case Philly mob murders from about 99 to 12, but 12 has kind of already been adjudicated. It, it really only kind of goes from 99 to 03-ish, 04. So, yeah, it, unless they can find someone to who was involved to flip uh, or someone who pulled you're, a trick. You're never going to f- they're never going to break that. So, and I think the thought is we need to move on to new business, right? And I think that's kind of where they are with it. To, to continue to wrangle people up for bookmaking and stuff is just, I don't think it's that of importance. Now, the state may do it due to the fact that the state makes money off the sports books. But I think, as you alluded to, it's probably time to move on to new business. But, and- I, also, but I also think people like Georgie understand that and take advantage of it sure um and some of that i want to again uh get your analysis of um i think that is why georgie i guess in my again in my reporting um made a lot of connections in prison uh and has 
some irons in the fire with some uh, in other parts of the country, I'm told. Uh, nothing huge, but uh, sp- particularly, I'm going to say New England. You know, there was a crew that was opened up uh, up there in the late 90s uh, with Ralph uh, Natal and Joey Merlino and Georgie back in the day. That crew went dormant for a while. Uh, and then I've been told it's it's back up and moving the last decade. Uh, uh, Sean, I know people tell me I butcher Sean's name. Uh, uh, Vettery. Uh, Sean, I'm being told is is has been a capo or named a capo uh, for that crew uh, at some point in the last decade, and that there is pretty consistent communication and uh, and people going back and forth between uh, Rhode Island and Massachusetts and, and Philadelphia, and I think some of that is Georgie knows as long as it's kind of just related to gambling. And again, this is just this is my editorial. I'm not saying that this is exactly what he thinks or what the government thinks, but I, I think that Georgie feels like, you know, as long as it's you know gambling and and maybe some white collar stuff, uh, even though we're going up there a, a bunch, we don't have to worry about uh, that much scrutiny because they've been going back and forth there for a while, and there ain't no cases coming. And I think he's probably right. Yeah. My thought, if 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 I'm these people that are in Philadelphia now, let the guy in Florida do what he does. We're just going to do what we do, right? Yeah. And I think that's general the consensus. As you alluded to, though, Borghese is a rich man, right? He's got a lot of money. Okay, he's done okay for himself. I think the lure of being in that life is probably fun for these guys. I think people they see stuff like what we're doing right now. A lot of these guys love hearing about themselves, right? Yeah. I heard an old story that Jackie DeRoss, the, the former high up, high up in the Colombo crime yeah. family, used to get gangland news delivered to him. A lot of those prison. guys in prison, yeah. So it's like, I think a lot of them generally kind of gonna get. I think I think it go. I think from again my just in my own uh, firsthand research or whatever, it goes one of the it goes it's one extreme or the other. Either they care a lot about what's being written about them or they don't pay attention at all and don't care at all. Right. There's no like kind of middle ground on that. Right. Um, so I think I think it's, again, just they are well aware that there's new business being pursued by the. And this has happened for a while. I mean, it's no secret that the government's moved on to terrorism and other things. Right. The, you know, drug trade's obviously a big thing. So, yeah, I, I think they know that. And as I said before, they're just not really that deeply involved with you know, some of the really hard stuff that's going to put you away. And you look at like a Servideo, Servideo is, is, is one of the only, like he's, he's kind of a, a randomness of these people. He's Joey, only- Joey Electric uh, out of New yeah. Jersey reports to, we'll get, well, I want to move to New Jersey in a second, but uh, reports to uh, Joe Scoops Lakata. Right. Yeah. And I think, I think they're, they're kind of the randomness of this. They're the ones that are getting involved with the, with, with the narcotics, which are going to bring you a longer census. Though I, there is one name that I find interesting and we've heard of this individual a lot. We've heard that his standing has significantly went up is our buddy Tuccio. Yeah. Well, I, I heard, I heard that Pete might've got a button before he went to prison. Um, I've again, another thing we can, sit here and we can there's a lot of a lot of subtlety a lot of nuance and a lot of layers and uh, whether or not the organization is um head first into hardcore rackets like they were in the past or not the fact is my reporting tells me and i know that uh, dave and george have also reported this um that they're bringing guys in and they're bringing guys in in a pretty like efficient consistent basis uh and some of these uh are, are, are kind of some of these making ceremonies and some of these machinations i'm being told kind of uh feed into what i'm what, I, what i've been reporting about georgie and, and uncle joe and johnny chang wanting to keep things separate sometimes there are being i'm being told that there are uh makings that certain people in the family don't even know about uh and, and that certain people have uh authority to conduct making ceremonies and it's not just the boss so again it's all speculation none, none of that's been confirmed but uh you someone like Pituccio, to me someone like Pituccio, into a lesser degree dom grande but definitely Pituccio, 
he went running into prison with the wind at his back. Like he he sees this as a good thing, even yeah, though it's a, that's, a big I, chunk of a sentence. I think that's the sad like denouement that he's in is that he's that delusional that he thinks. And, and I agree with what you're saying. There are plenty of Pituccios in South Philadelphia, right? That would welcome that. And Peter looks at it as this is college, literally for yeah. me. Like this is. And, and what's sad is like he spent his whole. 20s yeah, we jump it from crime family to crime families with the lucases and with the bananos and the gambino and what he's doing in the in the in turn this these terms is he doesn't get out until 2030 when he'll be right. like 35 right. his 30s are gone pretty much but he is looking at it as this is a yeah i'm gonna come I'm gonna out. be around and look if he's not flipped by now which he he would oh, he's not he ain't the guy that's gonna flip. Going to. so i think he's dug in he's around the people he wants to be with and it's sad because you and I both know this is for him not a good way to live. It's gonna be a long life. But. What's your what's your take on there was a, a picture that was circulating when Tuccio was on um Bond before his sentence. Uh Dom Grande and I believe Frank Di Pasquale came De Pasquale, how do you pronounce the guys? The, the lawyer. De Pasquale. De Pasquale uh, came uh, to visit him, took some pictures in the backyard. Uh, I, I don't know where uh, Mr. De Pasquale stands or not. I know there's been some uh, people or the government alluding uh, to him in some filings as a made guy or close to a made guy, even though he's never been indicted or um, implicated, uh, you know in a major public way, but um, it just, but the, the point I'm making is Pete's on bond in Howard beach and you got a, a Dom Grande a, a, as a capo and you got uh, what, whoever uh, uh, Frank is. The fact is he was, he's in good standing. He's an older guy. He's tight, uh, tight with some of the, the guys that are, I think in their sixties and seventies um, coming to see him traveling to go because I think they view Peter as a lost dog who had people to wash his hands of. Ronnie G was done with him. His uncle was done with him. Um, the Lucchese's were done with him. Like he had nowhere else to go. And, and Joe likes him. Right. And he so badly wanted to be around people. But but this is the same kid that was, I mean, he had ostracized himself at Howard Beach. Yeah. He was kicked out of every bar. He's yeah. getting fights with people. He's, you know, he had nowhere else to go. And he wanted to be around that world so much that. You know, Philly, and, and this is again another issue of maybe piling around with people that they're not from. He is not from Philadelphia. He's from New York. How much do we know about him? But I think they viewed it as well, let's see where he is. We'll keep him close, but not too close. And he's, I guess, answered the call so far. But it, listen, here's the thing, Scott. I've been laughing. Other friends of mine in this genre laugh because I say he's the future of the mafia. He is. Right, okay, you're, they're because they're, they're misinterpreting the way that you're saying it. <laughs> no, but the truth is, Scott, when he went into prison, he was what late twenties. Yeah. When he first got involved with crime, he was a dumb twenty-something kid. Yeah. By the time he gets out of prison, he's thirty-five. I'm a totally different man at thirty-four than I was at twenty-five, and he's been hardened. I mean, he's in a medium security federal prison right now around hardened people. But I think okay. when you say future, I don't think you're not, you're not just saying like, oh, he's going to be this huge, uh, uh, fast riser and it's going to become a boss. I think you're saying, and tell me if I'm wrong, that people like Pituccio, that's the future of the mafia. Like, like it, love it. If yeah. it's good, if it's bad, that type of person is who the mafia is. And I'm not saying he's going to be, century. as you allude to, he's not yeah. going to be a high guy. Yeah. He will be a, you know, that's, your, that's who the mafia is in the 21st century. You're right. right. And listen, I think the thought about is like a lot of these guys, when Trinjaganti was young, he completely botched Frank Costello. Yeah. He should have been killed in my in traditional, you know. Right. I mean, we've seen, I mean, John Gotti did some things when he was young that he shouldn't have did. I mean, a lot of these people did things. It didn't take away from the fact they become very high-ranking people. There's a, Scott, case in point, there's a federal memo. This was from a, a cooperator. I believe it was someone from the Bonanno family many years ago that a lot of people viewed Tony Salerno as a dumb individual that could not run a family at one point. He turned out pretty good. Yeah. So I think the thought of who these people are when they're kids is totally different. I know I'm not saying Tucci is going to turn out like any of these people, but in the small little group that he's in, 
he's young, which is a difference from a lot of these people. They're all very, they're 30, 40 years older. So he's viewed as, you know. So let me just, I'm going to just hit on a couple uh, final things related, and then we're going to wrap it up. But uh, some some people that I'm told are uh, capos or, or crew bosses. Uh, well, we got Joe Scoops in, in New Jersey. He's an OG. Joe Licata, Joe Scoops. Uh, could be a conciliary, I suppose. Uh, I know Uncle Joe Legambi, I'm told, is in semi-retirement. I think he still gives counsel to, to Georgie and Mikey, but he's not on like a, a he's not like a daily retainer or anything where he's it. But, but you know, New Jersey is, uh, you know, you got him, you got uh, Big Lou Fazzini. Lakata's 82 at this point. Right. You got to wonder his. No, the thing about him is that's interesting. We saw with like the Nikki Skin stuff where he was at that that lunch at uh, where they had the big meeting. La, where Lagrilia. Yeah, where it was a lot of Gambino people. Ali. John, John, John Gambino. John Gambino oh, was there. Right. At the time was, uh, you know, on the ruling panel. Yeah. So, I mean, that goes to show. I think if there's. Someone in that family with some sort of panache in New York, it's him. Yeah, Joe um, and, and Johnny Chang. I know that Johnny Chang is someone that uh, everybody, at least everyone I've talked to, uh, people, my sources in the five families, um, they might have their opinions about Joey. Uh, again, love him or hate him, but they all love uh, Johnny Chang. And the thing about Legambi, I lived in South Philly for years, okay? I know these neighborhoods. I've been around these people, not necessarily people we're talking about, but Legambi is a god in that neighborhood. Yeah. He just is. Okay. I know people that he got jobs for. I mean, he is supremely well regarded, even down the shore as well. And sharp in a very, very sharp mind. Someone yeah. who was known for that in his younger days, uh, uh, almost like a, a rain. People call me a, a rain man with some of my recollection, but uh, that that Joe's ability to to work numbers in his head and handicap uh, and understand the certain nuances of of the finances of that world was a lot of people almost forget. like you know at an elite level. And a lot of people forget too. He was given a life sentence at one yeah. point. And he right. got out on a technicality, and yep. he's in a pretty good life. I mean, I think if you're a gangster in Philadelphia, he's a guy who, you, when you're 85 or whatever he is, that's the life you want to have. Him and right? Phil Narducci allegedly did that hit together. They were both convicted of it, and then the uh, case was thrown out. It was the 1986 or 1985 or 86 Frankie Flowers, a D'Alfonso hit, um, and uh, they allegedly did it together. And uh, it's just, it's interesting. It's interesting to, to think that uh, Phil Narducci is uh, and Joey Merlino are the same age, but they come from completely different. Scott, eras. the saddest thing we have in this genre and this world we're in is how many stories will never be told. Yep. Right. And that's like, I look at like a Jackie Nose dying and like the stories he must have had. You know, I hope, this, I hope someone like with him, someone like Quiet Dom, uh, I hope that their family was uh, aware of. Uh, the value that they had in their this this almost like a living history book. I hope they did, um, you know, record him or videotape just so they could have it for themselves. Even if, if there's was. one person I could talk to, it's Legambi. I mean, he'd never do it, but he did an interview with George and then took a lot of grief for it. I would love to. I mean, I would. I mean, he's a guy. I mean, the, the stories, the you know, just. The, 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 as you said, the history book that he is. I mean, he looks great. He looks great for 83 years old, man. I hope he's got all his hair. He suntans on his porch. You just see yeah. it in the summer. He's always out, you know. Uh, two or three more things I want to touch on. Uh, a capo that I'm I'm naming a capo, uh, not a name that gets uh, thrown out a lot, but I've heard is in really good standing uh, in charge of some of the, 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 the hangout spots, the clubhouse spots. Screwy Louis D'Angelo. He's a, he's a real OG guy, has been around forever, um, and is kind of in later life, I'm told, kind of uh, made a uh, an ascent. Uh, his son oh. is in the NHL. Correct. Tony. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, you played with the Flyers at one point, played with the Rangers. Um, he's an interesting guy. I, I I know of some of you know the, the kids that he yeah. has. I I don't I don't know him too well, but I I, I know of him and I heard his name a lot recently. And then sure. Damian Canalicchio, I'm told, is now in a capo spot. He had been offered it, and I think he wanted to wait till he was off paper. <laughs> um, he was Stevie Mazzone's guy, the way that Anthony Nicodemo 
was Joey's guy back in the 90s, kind of the driver, bodyguard, uh, protege. And uh, again, everybody, uh, one of these guys that everybody likes. I haven't heard anyone say, you know, Damien, uh, kind of like what I said about Joe Mouse. Keep on calling him Joe Mouse. People get, I've I've had like 20 people say, stop calling him Joe Mouse. No one calls him Joe. Uh, That Mousy, a guy that people are genuinely uh, afraid of, but but really like, and and is is very popular. Uh, We also did his time. One thing I always remember Damien for is he's in that uh, a photo in prison with a uh, Bruno Delicato. Right, Bruno Delicato. Yep, which is quite uh, quite quite a, a one that we've all seen. And then Delaware County, um, I know it's kind of George. It was Johnny Chang's for a while, and then Georgie kind of took it. Uh, I've been told that, and there's some sourcing on this, and and some paperwork that uh, Mikey Lance's nephew. Albert Lancelotti, Al Cat, um, kind of looks after that that area. Um, Joey's down in Florida, so yeah, I think we've we've hit all the high points here. Kind of like where we stand with the Philadelphia mob in uh, 2024. I, I think the takeaway is there's a lot there to to dissect. There's a lot of there's still maybe more uh, questions than answers, and uh, who knows if they'll. There'll be more cases like I'm, I'm, I'm being told that just they're not going to be bringing the gambling extortion loan sharking cases anymore um, against the big, you know, the big, the big guns. So we'll, we'll see yeah. how it evolves. But Jeffrey, well, I think the takeaway uh, you alluded to is I think if the guys that have made it through and, and the guys that will make it through, I feel like the home stretch is there. You know, as long as they stay away from the the really egregious crimes, you know, the, the, the bodies, the, the, the beatings, the, the arsons. I think this should just be business as usual. They'll, they'll make way into more business and that'll be it. And I'll just end it with saying in terms of Joey's guys, uh, meaning his guys in this podcast world, not his guys in Philadelphia, but as long as they're being smart with how they are uh, re- recording, how much money they're taking in and not trying to get cutesy, uh, because believe me, the government's going to be going over all that stuff with a fine tooth comb uh, and they're taking money in. Uh, so I, I would just hope I hope you guys are are uh, and I'm sure you are doing your due diligence and making sure that everything's accounted for. And if you do that, you're going to be putting Joey in the best possible position that he could ever have because he's going to be able to go at the end of uh, when he's doing his taxes in April. He'll, he's going to be able to say, hey, I made legitimate money through this legitimate endeavor. There was nothing illegal. And, and it's going to for him, it's going to be a fuck you to the to the government. So I'm happy for that. And I think this, as long as they're doing it the right way, which I'm, I'm hoping they are. And I, I think they are, uh, they'll put Joey in a, in a good position. But again, if they're not, it's just going to open up another exposure point. America loves a villain, whether they're yeah. an old school villain, still a villain. Um, and they're in the, the landscape. Well, he's now, the ultimate right? anti-hero. He's like America's yeah. anti-hero. And he's definitely built a, a following. So, yeah. uh, good for them. Well, thank you, Jeffrey. Please go to, uh, all of Jeffrey's uh, uh, platforms, just let them, let them, let everyone know. I'm sure they know. Yeah, I will say, and I'm not going to tell you who it is on the air, but I'll tell you right when we get off. I have a huge interview coming out next week with someone that has never been heard from. So, oh, great, uh, great, great. I'm going to tell you about it. So um, check me out. Just search the sit down and you'll be able to find me. And I'll tease out. Uh, we got some great, uh, you know, exclusive interviews coming up uh, on the OG pod as well over the next couple of weeks. A uh, couple guys from the outlaw biker world that have uh, never been heard from one of them, a pretty infamous hell's angel. So uh, right. just kind of tease that out. And I'm, I'm excited about it. So please like subscribe, share, both everything regarding the OG pod, everything regarding to the sit down, a true crime podcast. Thank you, Jeff, for joining us. Thank you. Um, I will see you next week on another long form episode of the OG pod. I'm Scott Bernstein. We're out.